Batcast is brought to you by Battery.Market. Welcome to Batcast, your podcast for insightful and diverse interviews about everything that touches the battery world. My name is Julian. I'm the CEO of Battery.Market and serial inventor and innovator in the battery space, and I'll be hosting today's episode. Without further ado, let's jump right into what actually matters, the interview. Today, Tal will be joining us from Voltaic. Voltaic is a company that's specializing in big data around batteries, and we're going to learn more about how this data will change and, you know, really shape the future of batteries. Tal, hi, thank you for joining us today. Um, So in your own words, can you tell us a little bit, just, you know, 30 seconds, who is Tal? Um, who, who, Who are people listening to today? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me, uh, Julian. Uh, so yeah, I'm Tal Schulklopper. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Voltaic. Um, early in my career, I was a materials engineer designing batteries and fuel cell systems. Uh, had a whole range of uh, work with industrial partners, working with Bosch on range extension vehicles, all the way through large-scale power generation. Uh, started my first company, which was actually making uh, fuel cell actual hardware technology and got to take that technology from uh, R&D through pilot production and early trials with customers and uh, got to learn a whole lot uh, about data along that way. Ultimately wasn't successful, unlike, uh, very similar to most uh, fuel cell companies. Um, but yeah, really got religion around big data and starting to learn from these systems in a more agile fashion so that we can get the products out to market faster and de-risk them. Right, so correct me if I'm wrong, Voltaic is, is... Uh, data-centric, would you call it a platform or more of an ecosystem um, where you collect data on behalf of of clients and then you kind of use this meta-knowledge to help them better understand their own product? Is that that about right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I think uh, the way we consider Voltaic, we call it an enterprise battery intelligence platform. Uh, we help organizations leverage data from their battery systems to help them accelerate the development process, uh, decrease risk, uh, help them optimize those systems uh, in the field. Um, as part of that, uh, we started to develop a very nice ecosystem of uh, companies that are sharing their data through Voltaic. So if you look at the battery ecosystem, there's lots of different uh, companies doing each part of uh, this key supply chain. There's materials companies, there's Uh, companies developing next generation materials and battery cells, there's manufacturing companies, there's OEMs integrating those batteries, and then there's operators of those systems in the field. Um, And what we're seeing uh, by providing this platform initially for individual users, uh, we're seeing that facilitation of that ecosystem building with people sharing data through the platform across their ecosystem uh, in order to speed up how they get these products out to market and uh, surface and identify any issues ahead of there being uh, problems in the field with those products. So it sounds to me like uh, part of what you're offering is something that you know is seen on many other kind of levels of the battery industry, which is it's it's fairly fragmented, and you're kind of bringing some cohesion to that. Um, so how how did you kind of jump into you know looking at an ocean of tiny little islands and decide, hey, I'm going to connect these? Uh, so it was initially really uh, solving the problem for individual parts of the, the ecosystem. Um, you know, as a battery engineer early in my career, 
um, it was really, you know, solving my own pain point. It was, uh, you know, data from testers or materials information we were collecting and analysis I would do in Excel or, you know, cobble together, you know, Python, MATLAB type of scripts. Um, and so it's key really solving that initial pain point for the individual users. Um, and then in parallel, uh, I think around the same time we were starting Voltaic, I just moved to New York. Uh, my wife's a journalist and uh, we moved out to New York, lucky enough to find a position at the CUNY Energy Institute, uh, helping lead one of the RBE projects, developing a new type of grid scale battery. Uh, but I would go to all these meetups around big data and just realized uh, the power of if we can connect the dots uh, with this battery data, we could uh, help organizations really uh, improve how they get the products out to market, improve performance, and then uh, better de-risk the products and address problems that do occur in the field. So would you say, you've, you've touched a few points here, would you say that the most interesting part to your, your partners is um, increasing speed to product or is it the de-risking aspect? Because I know, I know, you know, touching all sorts of levels of the battery industry, risk is always something that's front and center uh, because there is inherent risk with, uh, you know, you're playing with high amounts of energy and in tiny little containers. Um, I, I'm just curious, you know, what, what's, what's your, uh, your biggest draw, I guess, you know, where, what's the thing that kind of makes them bite? Yeah, so I think there's three major things uh, that come up for customers. The, the first is um, just really the lack of uh, battery talent out there on the market today. Uh, you look at, you know, five, ten years ago, uh, you know, there was a handful of battery engineers. We, we know uh, each other, or at least one degree separated. Um, and moving forward right now, every Every company is trying to electrify. They're massively trying to increase their battery staffing. They're trying to manufacture batteries. And there's just not that many battery engineers out there on the market. So thing one is really making those existing battery engineers superheroes, taking that uh, time-consuming just time, finding data, analyzing it, and trying to shorten those cycles for the engineers and make them superheroes is really key. Uh, similarly, creating... Uh, you know, a system to make it really easy to retrain and bring new people into the battery space uh, through common analysis uh, is really a huge benefit for our customers. Um, next up is that time to market. Everyone's trying to get that next EV out there, get the consumer device, because at, at the end of the day, you're not making uh, money. Uh, you know, your company needs that revenue from those products. And so uh, the sooner they can get them to market, uh, the better it is all around. Um, and really the, the challenge with batteries is, you know, especially in that upfront qualification before you release them, uh, if something goes wrong, it's going to happen, you know, towards the end or months or years into that qualification. And so being able to identify that as soon as you can is really key so that you could, uh, even if it's not accelerating the timeline, it's at least meeting your timeline requirements uh, for product launch uh, is really one of the key benefits. Um, and then on the other side of it, it's, uh, as you said, the risk now. Um, it's, it's becoming real as more of these products are out there in the market. Uh, historically, you know, outside of consumer electronics, you look at uh, EVs on the grid, these were really considered pilot projects for customers. Uh, and now that the volume of devices and batteries out there is becoming uh, much more substantial, you know, the risk is, is much higher and uh, there's an increased focus there for organizations. Do you think maybe that as there's a increased focus on on production volume, 
that versus you know this approach of pilot projects, maybe uh, the risk has to be mitigated even more because there's now kind of a you know there, there's there's less maybe I don't want to say less intention being spent on on the details, but when you're making a prototype, you're looking at it under a microscope from A to Z. You know, well, you know that you've done a prototype. And then when you try to go to production, production is never quite the same. Um, Do you think that's kind of playing into the need for that extra kind of layer of safety? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, We're still in the, you know, early days of the battery industry with a whole range of unknown unknowns as you go into larger scale production. Um, You know, there's a lot of these you know, essentially art. It's not fully a science or engineering space quite yet. Uh, and so dialing in those knobs and getting everything right is still a work in process. Um, and then, yeah, the challenge right now, um, you know, the way a lot of people in the space are metriced or the organizational uh, drivers are set up, it's it's launch that product now, get those EVs out on the, on the road so that you could uh, support our market cap. Um, that's actually counter oftentimes to getting the quality part of the equation right uh, and really having that, uh, you know, really down pat before you get those products in consumers' hands. So um, you said something here that 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 uh, caught my interest. You said unknown, unknowns, which actually segues perfectly into the next thing I wanted to ask you. What in the use of data surprised even you? Like what, what did you not plan the data to be used for? And then all of a sudden... It, you know, this kind of emerges organically that, hey, this data is also super useful for, you know, this application we hadn't even considered. Like, is that because when you're mining so much data, I, I, you know, just a bit about me, my background uh, in data science. So I'm a bit of a data nerd as well as a battery nerd. So I know that when you're exploring in data, you tend you, you can trip on things sometimes, you know, you find new things you didn't expect at all. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's very simple actually. So when we first started Voltaic, you know, we we needed to generate some sample data uh, so we could demonstrate the software to customers. So uh, we ran a cycler, you know, charge and discharge the batteries, and uh, just looking at you know the capacity versus cycle number, and you start seeing this little bit of waviness and, and noise in the data. And you know, at first you think that's just system noise, uh, but very soon you realize that corresponds directly to when the building HVAC is on and the building is hot or cold. And, um, you know, there's a reason people use uh, uh, thermal chambers when they do battery tests. And, um, you know, just seeing that in the sample data with customers manufacturing batteries, we had a customer who was, you know, manufacturing batteries at scale. They had, you know, some fraction of their batteries that wouldn't meet the end qualification criteria. Um, and just with the software, they're able to, you know, look at the data and realize it was the batteries at the end of their formation lines. Um, and so those were, you know, getting the biggest temperature swings, uh, you know, without cells around them. And so just being able to very quickly explore those, uh, especially you know, temperature variations and things like that within these systems is really, uh, you know, something that made sense intellectually, but, you know, didn't quite think about the the nuance and just how hard these things were uh, to find and practice the reality of that. Awesome. That's a great example. So you, you talked about, you know, now we're going to go maybe a bit less into uh, Voltaic and maybe a bit more in, into, you know, your, your industry insights um, as someone who's kind of been in and around that industry for, for some time now. Um, before the interview started, you mentioned something about a possible shortage coming 
Um, I kind of share that opinion, but I'd like to hear it, you know, in your own words. You talked already about the shortage of engineers, the shortage of materials, you know, very briefly. But what what do you think, you know, what do you think is coming kind of uh, if you had to prophesize? Yeah, so just bubbling all down, it's, you know, everyone's talking about in the press, the chip shortage and how that's affecting all of our devices and vehicles. Uh, the next chip shortage is a battery shortage. Uh, we're seeing, especially with tier one suppliers, you know, they have commitment now for all of their batteries uh, for the next couple of years. There's all this projected capacity and new facilities they're spinning up. But uh, the reality is you look at even the Panasonics and LGs of the world, it takes them multiple years to get a new factory up on average four to five years. Um, and now we have all these new gigafactories that are spinning up new facilities, they have less of that institutional expertise as well. And so we expect longer lead times here. Uh, and just given the you know, volume of electric vehicles and sales that we're seeing out there, there's definitely gonna be a shortage of batteries moving forward. And so for us as Voltaic, you know, with that data analytics, our, our goal is really to help customers uh, move in a more agile fashion so that they can get those yields and get those factories up and running as quickly as possible moving forward. Interesting. What, what impact do you think that shortage is going to have on price? Um, price is something I like to talk about because I think for the longest time, everyone's been talking about how the price is you know, unavoidably going to keep going down perpetually. Um, but as actually, you know, again, a bit of my background, I, you know, I, I ran a Second Life battery company. I now do consulting on Second Life battery usage. Um, you know, I'm running a platform called Battery Market that helps uh, you know people deal in second life batteries um, to, to, to be perfectly frank I'm I'm gambling on price is going to stabilize and it's going to leave room for the second life battery market to, to, to exist and thrive even um, but I always like to hear kind of other people's rationale as to why they think the battery price will go down or up yeah, so I think uh, when I look at the battery industry I see a lot of parallels uh, if you look at the semiconductor space and solar, um, over the last couple of decades, we're just a, a couple decades behind uh, many of those industries. Um, and so, yeah, if you look at semiconductor solar, uh, there was all these similar, you know, supply constraints uh, and, you know, price increases that happened locally around different parts of expansion of the industry. Uh, but with that, you saw massive uh, expansion in capacity in mines. You saw the supply chain start to iron itself out. Um, and so outside of local maximas, it's really hard to beat, you know, economies of scale and just continuing production volumes. Uh, those will drive the supply chain to really catch up relatively quickly. Um, and so, yeah, given the, you know, volumes of production that are continuing to increase and grow, given the continuous uh, steady improvement in battery performance, uh, I think you know, long-term, the trend is continuing to go in that same direction. Prices are going to continue to drop. I uh, don't know what the floor is uh, at the end of the day, but um, no, there will be some ups and downs as the industry progresses, but uh, it's hard to beat economies of scale and prices are going to continue to drop uh, in the mid to long-term. Thank you. It's, it's always fun to hear other people's uh, take on that because it's never quite as, as simple as when you read articles and they just say like, Look at this line; it'll be down some more next year. Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of moving pieces in this puzzle, you know. Just so many things people don't consider. So it's it's uh, always nice to get. Absolutely, it's a. Uh, I think people are just starting now to really 
fully flesh out their supply chains. Uh, I think it's one of those things that people sort of took for granted in the early days of the industry. And now, uh, you know, you're seeing companies sign, you know, OEM sign supply deals directly with uh, mines and start to bring those up. And uh, you just, you know, even a couple of years ago, people wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, no, some of these have been surprising, like massive, like you're saying, straight mineral deals for, you know, an auto manufacturer. Like that's, that's very, I don't know, maybe I just don't know how the rest of the parts are, are done, but I feel like, you know, uh, Ford doesn't pre-purchase iron <laughs> no, same they, way they, they pre-purchase. They depend pretty heavily on their supply chains and their yeah. tier one and tier two suppliers. And um, it's, you know, the battery, the, that's this powertrain for the EV uh, is very similar to the powertrain they have for engines. You know, everything else primarily is outsourced. You know, you can get the the axles, you can get the body, you can get the chairs, the seating, and all those other components from those tier ones. And the OEM was just, you know, essentially contract manufacturing, assembling these things, everything outside of the powertrain, which they really kept in-house historically. Uh, we're now seeing a similar trend with, you know, the battery and really needing to build that core excellence around uh, understanding uh, how to optimize it, how to continue to improve performance there, as well as you know, secure its supply chain. Thank you. And now a question just for fun to kind of uh, bring this kind of to a, to a lighthearted end. Um, have you thrown your hat into the ring yet? Are you driving electric yet? I have not. Uh, my wife and I have just been talking about that again. We're a single uh, car house uh, household right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, our next vehicle is going to be an EV. Uh, we're still renting, so we're still figuring out uh, how we could charge uh, moving forward. Yeah, there's still a lot of challenges out there. Um, we just converted to EVs here, but you know, it it's definitely it's not as I think it's not as bad as people who try to make it look bad. You know, think it yeah. is, but it's also an adjustment to to be uh, mm-hmm. to be fair. It's it's quite an adjustment for sure. Yeah, well, hopefully my wife will be going back to work uh, on a daily basis, and then we can just have her charge at work. It'll solve all the problem. <laughs> there you go. All right, Tal. Thank you very much for your time. Um, I don't want to take up more of your time than I need to. Uh, I think we we've, we've managed to get a, a pretty solid idea of what Voltaic does and kind of. Uh, where you stand in the, you know, your understanding of the industry and what knowledge you could share with us. Before we leave, would there be any other nugget you can think of that you'd want to share? So, yeah, I think the just an interesting piece here is if you look at how the battery industry is evolving right now, um, you're seeing basically two camps uh, emerge here. You have uh, organizations like Tesla and Apple who really invest very deeply in battery insight and understanding. Um, they're really monitoring these systems, able to understand when things change, able to do over their updates. They're able to track root cause analysis. Um, and then you have the other camp who's still struggling, just trying to get equipment out there. And data and analytics is really uh, you know, an afterthought for them right now. Um, and you see you know, this pretty dramatic effect right now of um, you know, when Apple does a recall on their laptops uh, for battery issues, they're able to pinpoint exactly which batteries and which, lap- which laptops have batteries from specific days in that manufacturing process or lots of material um, versus you're seeing the auto industry right now with fleet-wide recalls because of that lack of uh, understanding. And so just really uh, data and that insight is really going to be the 
uh, game changer in the industry from those who you know are able to build you know multi-billion dollar market caps and those who are uh, really going to struggle uh, over the next decade to uh, secure their place uh, in the industry. Absolutely. And and when you say that, a uh, company that comes to mind for me, um, you know, you can't go into details of, of who and what, you know, companies you, you work with, but it's public knowledge. Um, BMW had a recall and, you know, you're saying uh, Apple is really focused and, you know, laser focused when they do the recalls. And yet that you're right, you know, BMW took a beating when they had to essentially recall all their um, batteries for just a year, like blanket mm-hmm. coverage. So definitely, you know, maybe if, if someone from BMW is listening, call, call Tal. Phone lines are open. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. Yeah, you are a great guest and you even rose to the occasion on, on the, when I kind of threw you under the bus there with that last question. So thank you very much, Tal. It was, yeah, it was much appreciated. Have a good day.